Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by our lead pastor, Dave Ferguson, as we continue our series, Open. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. And also on Monday nights at 6.30 p.m. We hope to see you there. All right. Good morning, community. Uh, quick question. How many of you uh, occasionally, at least occasionally, watch HGTV? How many of you occasionally? Oh, oh yeah. I've got some lovers out there. Okay, HG, How about you guys way up there? HGTV? Yeah, over there? HG, okay. Uh, a whole bunch of us. Uh, I, I guess I found out 2018 is the fourth most watched cable show or cable network on TV. And uh, anybody see the new, there's a new one uh, that's actually being filmed, new TV show on HGTV. It's been filmed here in Chicago called Windy City Rehab. Anybody? Windy Okay. Even got a little, lot of, oh, okay, what do you see to rehab? Um, stars Allison Victoria, and basically what she does, she comes into homes right in Chicago, and she kind of takes a look at places look like this, and she says, you know what, I got a vision for this thing, look, we're going to turn it into this. Or she takes a kitchen like this, maybe a Chicago kitchen, needs a little work, right? And they turn it into something that looks like this. How many of you would love to have Allison Victoria in your house? Go, yes, bring it on. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love it. I would love to see that kind of transformation, but the problem is I am not Allison Victoria. I'm not even, you know, Tim the Tool Man Taylor. I, I mean, just, in fact, truth, here's the truth. The truth is when Sue and I got married, I literally, the only tools I had could fit and did fit into a little blue plastic pencil box. And honest to goodness, it's not much better now. Um, but I have a friend, you know, kind of, I got a guy. I got a guy, his name's Mark. And Mark's a guy who, uh, actually, he was my, my shop teacher, my industrial arts teacher when I was in junior high. Of course, he's retired now. But anytime I need something done, he's kind of like my go-to guy. In fact, a couple years ago, we had him completely redo our kitchen. We had this kind of idea what we wanted our kitchen to look like. And when I say we, I mean Sue had an idea. And um, basically, we kind of said, here's what we'd love to see this transformed into. And he came in and just made it happen. And, and it, I mean, our kitchen looks great. It looks great. In fact, I was, I was, this morning I got up early, I was going over my talk and, you know, eating a little breakfast and looking around going like, man, how did, how did he, I don't know how he even did that. You know, like some of the detail. How does he actually do that? Because I, I'm telling you on my own, I could, I could never, ever, ever, ever do that. HGDV made us kind of lovers, I think, of home renovations. And Mark made me lover of a home renovation. But here's the question I want to ask you this morning. And it's this, what kind of transformation would you like to see in your life? What kind of transformation would you like to see in your life? And I'm not talking about hardwood floors. I'm not talking about crown molding. I'm not talking about shiplap. What is shiplap anyway? <laughs> they just told me, the teaching team said, just say it. Everybody will know what it is. How many of you know what shiplap is? Okay, I guess I'm the only one. Okay. So I'm not talking about shiplap, even though I don't know what I'm talking about. But here's what I do know. Okay. What we're talking about today is an inner kind of transformation, a renewal of your mind, a renovation of your heart, a, a shift in kind of, of some of your actions, some of your behaviors. Because sometimes, <clears throat> I think sometimes our lives feel a little bit more like this right here, all right? <laughs> and maybe there are circumstances in your job right now, and, and they are just consuming you with stress and anxiety. And you, you think to yourself, I would like to be a joyful person. But, but this is craziness that I live in. 
Or perhaps some of you are navigating a relationship right now and it's riddled with tension. And you find yourself going like, I would like to, I would like to, I would like to be a more gracious and more patient person, but... And no doubt there are many of us in this room where there's some kind of repeated behavior that you engage in and you know, you know it's harmful. It's an addictive, painful behavior and you know that it's, it's destroying the good things that God wants to do in your life. And you do wonder, so how come I can't have more self-control? And the truth is, life transformations are a lot more difficult than home renovations. And wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if we did have an Allison Victoria that would come into our life, kind of a general contract to come in and, and kind of redo all those old patterns of thinking and behaving and bring something brand new into our lives? <clears throat> Here's the good news this morning, all right? Here's the good news this morning. This is why I'm so excited about this series, what we're doing. We do have something available to us just like that. We're in a series, um, we started last week, and we're calling this series Open, right? And uh, it's all about the Holy Spirit. Now, in many ways, I think the Holy Spirit, I would almost say, is like the forgotten God. It's the forgotten God. We know about God the Father. We know quite a bit about Jesus. But then there's this weird Holy Spirit, used to be called Holy Ghost. What's that all about? And um, we've been looking deep in Scripture, but we've also been gleaning some, some resources from uh, a guy by the name of Scott McKnight, who's a New Testament scholar here in Chicago. Brilliant guy, wrote this book. If you want to do a deeper dive, I encourage you to get this book. Um, he was kind enough to ask me to write the foreword for it, but it's great, great stuff about being open to the transforming work of God's Spirit. Now, here's what we've covered so far. Let me bring you up to speed. All right? God's Spirit, okay, was and is and always will be His presence in the world. God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was is and always will be his active presence in the world. Now, if we go back to the Old Testament, we covered some of this last week. If you missed it, go listen to the podcast or, or get the video online. In the Old Testament, only some people experienced his presence at special times or special circumstances for specific tasks. But then Jesus shows up and Jesus says, listen, I'm going to give you this Holy Spirit and the Spirit is going to be something that's going to be a living presence inside every Christ follower. So please get this. God is not just the creator that's out there, but he's also the God who lives in here. So if you're a follower of Jesus, yes to Jesus, God actually lives in here. His presence is in here. Just to make sure you get this, turn to someone near you and just tell them, say, if you're a follower of Jesus... God lives in here. Just kind of poke him in the shoulder, okay? Just tell him that, okay? Until they get that. Lives in here, right there. That's right, exactly right there. And here's the deal. Since God lives in here, right, he wants to do some renovation. He wants to transform us from the inside out. Now, the best place for us to understand the role of the Holy Spirit, I think, is to kind of go ahead and look to what Jesus said, because Jesus knows more about the Holy Spirit than anybody. It just kind of makes sense. So I want to start in John chapter 14. It's the fourth book in the New Testament. And... Um, let me set the context for you. Jesus has just explained to his disciples, here's what's coming down the road. I'm going to be betrayed, and then I'm going to be killed. They didn't know this. So they're, they're, they're freaking out a little bit about this. They're distraught about the idea of Jesus leaving them 
And then he kind of tries to comfort them with these words. And here's what he says in John 14, starting in verse 16. He says, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you another advocate. Remember that word, okay? What's this word here? Very good. Hang on to that. Who will never leave you, and it is the Holy Spirit, who will lead you into all truth. The world, other folks cannot receive him because, he, because they aren't looking for him. And they don't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. And later, Jesus is saying, is actually, and that's what we just talked about, lives, what's it say right there? He lives in you. Lives in you. And so Jesus is saying, yes, I'm leaving, but you will never be alone. Because I'm sending the Holy Spirit, the advocate. Now, he uses this word advocate. It's in, 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 the, Greek, in the Greek, the original language of the New Testament. It's the word paraclete. Say that for me, paraclete. Somebody said, it's not parakeet. Okay, that's, those are two different things. Paraclete, okay, paraclete. I know it's just Greek. But anyway, so paraclete, though, uh, it's a really important word, and it's packed with all kinds of meaning. It helps us understand both who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. And so he didn't use this word by accident. So, so this word here, paraclete, and we're going to kind of create a, a, a word cloud here, is, is one who would speak um, on your behalf. But not like a lawyer in a, in a kind of a, uh, in a professional sense, but more like a friend. Someone who's present with you. <clears throat> Someone who, if you need it, will comfort you, support you, will help you, will teach you, will give you good counsel, will tell you when you're screwing up, will, will guide you in the right direction. And sometimes we'll even tell you about things to come. That's this, this, this paraclete. The paraclete's this loyal friend. And if I was going to pick a few of these, I'd pick this. Here, it's, he's a friend, a helper, and a counselor. If you can kind of remember that. A friend, a helper, and a counselor. And he lives where? Inside you. And guess what? God inside you wants to bring a transformation into your life. He wants to do things inside you that you, right now, and you know it's true, you cannot do on your own. That's why it's supernatural. In fact, the Holy Spirit's kind of like my friend Mark. I told you about friend Mark, right? He's like my friend Mark. Um, Mark came into my house and brought transformation. He did something (laughs) that I am totally, absolutely incapable of doing on my own. He made my kitchen look awesome, (laughs) right? And if you were coming to my house, you were going to my kitchen, you'd probably look around and go like, oh, this kid, your kitchen looks great, Dave. Who did it? And I would have to be honest with you. I'd say, I didn't do it. Mark did it. All I had to do in order for him to bring that transformation, this is pretty much how it happened, is all I had to do was like every day, he, he, every day he would drive up from the south suburbs. He lived in the south suburbs. He would drive up, white van, park in front of my house, and he'd wait for kind of some activity in our house, kind of wait for us to, you know, be ready for him. And, and when I would open the garage door, then he would come in. And so literally, what I had to do every day was just kind of open the door, and then Mark would come in, and the transformation would begin. Are you tracking with me? That's exactly, that's exactly what we have to do with the Holy Spirit. Every day, you have to open kind of the garage door of your life and say, come on in, and let him come in and begin to do the renovation of your heart and your mind, your will and your thinking, your behavior. Let him bring that transformation inside. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Not only is the Holy Spirit able to do stuff in your life that you can't do, but he also 
is able to provide for you guidance and wisdom that you don't have access to. And guess why? Because you're not God. And the Holy Spirit, don't forget, it's God. He can provide guidance and wisdom that you, that you just don't have available to you. He'll bring to mind ideas and thoughts and point you in directions that you wouldn't on your own. And so, it, I mean, that kind of reminds me of another friend of mine. This, this, this old guy here. Uh, this old guy is a guy named Lyle Schaller. Um, Lyle passed away a few years ago. But let me tell you about Lyle. Lyle's a guy who, uh, on his own, authored 55 books. Uh, he actually was responsible for editing another 44. I think of those 99 books that he uh, uh, provided oversight for and authored, I think all but one of them was about how to lead a healthy, growing church. In the 1990s, you can see by the Los Angeles Times uh, uh, citation there, he was voted as the most influential Protestant leader in the United States. Most influential Protestant leader in the United States. Guess who was number two? Billy Graham. That's exactly right. So to give you an understanding of kind of his stature of influence, he was voted number one most influential, and then voted number two most influential was Billy Graham and then a host of other people after that. You know where he lived? He lived in Naperville. The guy lived in Naperville, over on Brainerd Street. Lyle actually came to our very first, the very first service that Community Christian Church had when we were meeting in Naperville Central High School in the cafeteria. The very first one, he showed up. He showed up, and in so many words, he kind of put his arms around me. I was, I was only 26 when we started the church, and he and I, we became friends. And he became this guy that, that I could always, I could call any time. I also knew that if I really needed to talk to him or something, I could almost always find him in the Naperville Library. And then sometimes he would have me over to his house on Brainerd Street, and Agnes would make brownies, and we'd sit there and we'd talk about things. I, when we decided to go to multiple locations, I sat in his living room, and I just took notes after note after note. And the smartest thing I ever did is whatever Lyle told me to do. <laughs> when we started a church planning network called New Thing, okay, which now has 150 networks and 2,400 churches plus, I sat down again in that, li- in that living room over on Brainerd Street. I said, okay, Lyle, what do we need to do? And I could, I could give you the list. There's like seven or eight things. He said, here's what you do, here's what you don't do. And we still don't do and do those things because of his wisdom, his guidance. There were times when we went through rough patches, tough stuff. I'd get a hold of Lyle and say, what do I do? He knew more about how to lead a church than anybody in America. And guess what? He was my friend. That's a little bit of an advantage, isn't it? I cannot tell you. And some of you don't know this part of, the, part of the story of community. I can't tell you how valuable it was to have a friend like Lyle Shatler available to me. It was just a grace of God. But now I want you to think about this. If, okay, if a human friend can make that kind of a transformational impact by just sporadically being present, think how much more powerful it would be to have the Spirit of God. Okay, we're not just talking about Lyle Shatler now, right? The Spirit of God living inside you, guiding you, giving you wisdom. And this is exactly what Jesus promised the Spirit would be. Look at this in John 14. When Jesus turns to his anxious and fearful friends, he promises that God's Spirit is going to be their paraclete, this helper. He's going to be this counselor. He's going to be this friend. And here's the thing. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God lives in you. And the question, the question is not, okay? We're not even going to answer this question. We're not going to address this question. Does, do, do you have the Spirit, okay? We already said that, right? You have the Spirit. The more important question, I think, for every one of us in this room is, are you 
open. Here's the question here, right? Am I open to the Spirit? Am I every day willing to push the garage door of my life, open the door and say, come on in, bring transformation, do the stuff I can't do? Let me, let me kind of uh, try, try, try it another way, okay? Um, maybe this will be... Maybe this will be helpful. The other day we did something with a ladder. That seemed to go okay. A little better than the, uh, some of these props sometimes backfire. We'll see what happens. All right. So we got something here. Let's, uh, let's try this. Let's pretend for a moment that um, this, ooh, there's a spill right there. A uh, glass of water. This glass of water represents uh, your life, okay? What does the glass of water represent? Tell me, talk to me. Your life. Exactly right. Okay, so that, the glass of water represents your life. And um, this Alka-Seltzer packet represents the Holy Spirit. What does this Alka-Seltzer packet represent? Exactly right. All right. So when I put this into your life, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to the water? It's going to start bubbling. It's actually what's going to happen. It's just going to transform the water into a different kind of medicinal substance, right? Let's see what happens. You ready? You ready? Okay. So here we go. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, what happened? I mean, there's nothing to happen. Why didn't it work? Why didn't it work? Right. You didn't open it, right. So what's this again here? So what? But maybe, okay, if we do this, if we actually open, right, open and we do this, then what happens? Then it trans- the transformation begins. Thank you very much. All right, you guys are laughing. You know what? This will probably be the only thing you'll remember from this talk like three weeks from now. Oh, remember that Alka-Seltzer bit? I should really open myself, right? Okay? I'm telling that's, that's what we have to remember. That's the first thing you got. You got to get this thing, okay? We got to be open. Push the garage door, open up, say, come on in, do your work. Do the stuff I can't do on my own. Very, very important. <clears throat> but now, here's the thing. This open thing is not just kind of passive. The Apostle Paul is talking to a group of folks just like us who are learning for the first time about the Holy Spirit. Wow, this is an interesting part of the Trinity of God, the Holy Spirit. And, and, he, and, he, and he explains that once we're open, then it requires an action after that. And he shows us this in Galatians. Look at this. He says, so here's what happens. You need to walk by the Spirit. If you do that, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict, at war with each other. So you're not to do whatever you want. See, those who belong to Christ Jesus, we got the Spirit, right? You've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So there, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And essentially what Paul's explaining, I'm going to kind of shrink this down so we can get this really quick here, that when we're over the Holy Spirit, what happens next is this, okay? We have to walk by the Spirit. We have to keep in step with the Spirit. What does that look like? Walking in the Spirit... Walking by the Spirit is this continual, continual, ongoing, every moment, openness to whatever the Spirit wants. Because I kind of talked about it's pushing the garage door and you open, you just do it once at the beginning of the day. No, walking the Spirit is like just ongoingly doing that all the time. And so it kind of works like this. Then when the Spirit is in there and God's talking to you, speaking to you, directing you, it's like God speaks and then we step. God speaks and then we step. 
God speaks, and then what happens next? We, exactly right. That's what happens. And sometimes God speaks through actual like kind of promptings. You'll get ideas or thoughts that you know you would never think of because you don't think that way. You don't have that kind of insight. You go, oh, I think maybe that was the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you read in the Bible. <clears throat> sometimes you get it from your people in your small group. And when God speaks, what do we do? God speaks and we, God speaks and we, God speaks and we, exactly right. And that's how we begin to walk in the Spirit. We do this every day. And here's the thing, every day, either we're kind of open and we're walking by the Spirit or we're closed and we're just following our own passions and desires. Now notice, there's a promise. Paul gives us this promise, if we walk by the Spirit. He says, if we walk by the Spirit, what will happen is we will not get caught up in just kind of doing what we want. Because that's where we all get derailed. When, when we get to be God and we do everything that we want. Because when we do what we want, it causes me to kind of stress out when things aren't going the way I want at work. It causes me to lash out when my relationships, uh, when the people aren't behaving in my like I think they should behave in the relationships that I say I love. It causes me to act out in ways that I know aren't good for my body or good for my soul. But Paul promises, hey, if you will walk by the Spirit, okay, you can't do both things of the flesh and things of the Spirit. You're going to do one or the other, but if you walk by the Spirit, you're going to be walking in the direction that God has for you. So what we have to do is we have to learn to continually live in this state of openness. And here's what happens. If, if you can get this down, where you're continually walking and stepping, he's, you're walking, I mean, he's speaking, and you're stepping, he's speaking, and you're stepping, he's speaking, you're stepping. If you can get so you're continually doing that, miraculous things, transformational things begin to happen within you. And it even tells us, it says this, here's what's going to happen, the fruit of the Spirit. It says, here's what happened. All of a sudden, you're going to find in your life love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. When we do this, we begin to walk by the Spirit. All of a sudden, there will be, I promise you, if you follow this, this, this teaching, there will be moments down the road when suddenly you'll recognize, you'll go like, man, work is crazier than ever. But I have, I have a joy. I have a peace. Where did that come from? God's Spirit. You're, you, moments down the road where, I mean, your teenagers, you know, just, they just did the dumbest thing possible. And you're going like, wow, but I'm feeling patient. Your spouse has kind of disappointed you, but you're going like, boy, I feel, I feel gracious. Even in your own behaviors, you're, you'll, you'll notice that all of a sudden the things that you were constantly gravitating to that you almost couldn't say no to, all of a sudden you have a new kind of self-control all those things, and those are not, here, get me on this, <clears throat> those are not try-harder things. Because my hunch in this room here, if it was a try-harder, you would have figured it out and done it by now. Those are spirit-led things. Miraculous kind of things, from the inside out, transformational things. Bonhoeffer is one of the great thinkers of the last century. He put it this way. This fruit that we just talked about, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, all those things, that fruit is always miraculous. It's created. It's never the result of just kind of willing it, but of growth. The fruit of the Spirit is a gift of God, and only He can produce it. They who bear it knows little about it as the tree knows of its fruit. 
They know only the power of, him, of whom their life depends. I'll tell you what, and if you want to see this transformation, if there's any part of you today going like, man, I need this, I need this, I need this, I'm telling you, it comes back to these two things. Am I open to the Holy Spirit? And am I ready to walk by the Spirit? Let me finish with this. These fruit of the Spirit that we see here, okay? On the screen. Let me ask you this, okay? Who do they describe? Look at the, look at the character traits there. Who do they describe? Huh? Go ahead and say it out loud. Yeah, they describe Jesus. They describe Jesus. And when we are open to the Spirit, He will come in and He'll transform us to become more and more and more like Jesus. Look at these amazing words from Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He says this. He says, for the, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. I'm telling you, God's Spirit, if you've already said yes to Jesus, you got to that place in your spiritual journey. His Spirit is already inside of you. That's not even a question. That was a promise. It's already happened. It's there. The question is, are you open to the Spirit? And then are you walking by the Spirit? Don't you want that? Huh? Don't you want that? One of the things I think is just a great help is to begin every day, and, and that's why we gave you this prayer. We prayed it earlier in the service. You'll find it on your program. You'll also find it on our website. Of course, you'll find it on our app. I downloaded it. It's the wallpaper on my phone. You can do that too. And it's this prayer. And I'm going to ask this all. We'll just say this. Let's say this. Let's make this our prayer one more time, okay? On the count of three, let's pray this again. One, two, three. God, I'm open to your Holy Spirit. Make me ever aware of your presence dwelling in me. Speak to me. Transform me. Empower me to be more like Jesus. God, I'm open to your Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we, uh, we confess. We confess that we have come to the end of ourselves. We have tried hard over and over and over again. And trying hard is not going to get it done. We cannot bring the change that we would like to see in our own lives. And so, Father, right now we do. Individually and as a group of people, we open ourselves, our hearts. We ask that you change our passions, our minds. We ask that you bring transformation to our thoughts, our will, that you make our desires like yours and our behaviors. Help us to live like Christ. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.